Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grant us of your spirit, Lord, that your will may be done through us. Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us the privilege to be among the living. We ask, Lord, that this life which you have given to us shall be used to glorify your name. Therefore, Lord, consecrate us to your service. Dear Lord, we cannot glorify you of our own selves. Our inclinations, our own will and desires are not good. Therefore, Lord, we bring ourselves to you and we pray that as we go through the words of our devotion today, it shall remind us to give all the glory to you and also that we shall be sanctified. We pray, Father, please put your words in my mouth that I may speak words of blessings to all who are listening, that we may grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage February 28 Return to God his own. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent unto thee. Genesis chapter 28 verse 22 In accordance with the custom of commemorating important events, Jacob set up a memorial of God's mercy, that whenever he should pass that way, he might tarry at this sacred spot to worship the Lord. With deep gratitude, he repeated the promise that God's presence would be with him, and then he made the solemn vow, If God be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat, and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent upon thee. Jacob was not here seeking to make terms with God. The Lord had already promised him prosperity, and this vow was the outflow of a heart filled with gratitude for the assurance of God's love and mercy. Jacob felt that God had claims upon him which he must acknowledge, and that the special tokens of divine favor granted him demanded a return. So does every blessing bestowed upon us call for a response to the author of all our mercies. The Christian should often review his past life and recall with gratitude the precious deliverances that God has wrought for him, supporting him in trial, opening ways before him when all seemed dark and forbidding, refreshing him when ready to faint. He should recognize all of them as evidences of the watch care of heavenly angels. In view of these innumerable blessings, he should often ask with subdued and grateful heart, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Psalm chapter 116 verse 12 Our time, our talents, 
our property should be sacredly devoted to him who has given us these blessings in trust. Whenever a special deliverance is wrought in our behalf, or new and unexpected favors are granted us, we should acknowledge God's goodness, not only by expressing our gratitude in words, but like Jacob, by gifts and offerings to his cause. As we are continually receiving the blessings of God, so we are to be continually given. Amen. The title of our devotion is Return to God His Own. We are continuing to look at the story of Jacob. Jacob, now fleeing from his father's house as a fugitive, um, had to pray to God and confess his sin. And after he prayed to God and confessed his sin, the Lord appeared to him in a dream, giving him the assurance that his sins were forgiven and also leaving a blessing with him. When Jacob woke up, he was filled with joy and also terror because the Lord appeared to him and he made a vow to the Lord. It reading in the in book of Genesis chapter 28, reading from verse 18 to 22, it says, And Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent unto thee. Here we see Jacob expressing his gratitude towards God. And that is basically what our lesson for today is. Jacob was not trying to make terms and conditions for God saying, if you do this, then I'll do that. No, he was say saying that he was going to give gratitude to God for what God had already done for him. God had already made a promise and he had already seen God's protection on him. Jacob made a vow to do what he was supposed to do, be grateful to God. It was not something of terms and conditions when this happens and then I'll do that. He was already a recipient of God's mercies. He knew that it was God who was, God who was protecting him. He knew that it was God who had blessed him already. God who had already favored him from the day he was born. And he knew he had an, an obligation. He knew that he was indebted to God. When we read in Conflict and Courage, page 65, paragraph 3, it says, the Lord had already promised him prosperity and this vow was the outflow of a heart filled with gratitude for the assurance of God's love and mercy. Jacob felt that God had claims upon him which he must acknowledge and that the tokens of divine favor granted him demanded a return. There is nobody, nobody in this world who doesn't have tokens of divine favor from God. And each and every one of us, like Jacob, ought to feel it some don't acknowledge it but if we are growing in Christ we will know that God demands from us something to show our appreciation to him and only it's just a righteous thing to do that we understand that the divine favor that God gives to us demands a return every blessing bestowed upon us calls for a response 
to the altar of all our mercies and that was what jacob was doing here god hadn't given him a dime just a dream and jacob was already realizing that god is god has blessed him not just that time even in the past and he was only being grateful the lesson for today to us is appreciation and gratefulness how do we show our appreciation and gratefulness towards god or do we take the things that god does for us for granted we ought not to the christian like we read should often review his past his past life and recall with gratitude the precious deliverances that god has wrought for him supporting him in trial opening ways before him when all seemed dark and forbidding refreshing him when ready to faint he should recognize all of them as evidences of the watch care of heavenly angels in view of these innumerable blessings he should often ask with subdued and grateful heart what shall i render unto the lord for all his benefits towards me we need to start asking that question not just today but for the rest of our lives not for what is going to what god is going to do for us today and from henceforth but review your life from the past you know too many times we have so much prayer requests but little thanksgiving and we're not talking of thanksgiving with the lips but thanksgiving with your life with your talents with your money and with your time towards God showing that you appreciate what the Lord has done for you the reason why we don't give thanks enough to God or show our gratitude and appreciation is because we slight his goodness we take them for granted the air we breathe the water we drink the food we eat the protection some of us we even hate the shelter we have come so much into lacking appreciation that we feel that oh the house we are living in is nothing so we can't even thank god for it the clothes we are wearing we wish it was better so we don't thank god for it the the, the work we are doing the job we have we keep complaining about how we need a better one so how can i thank god for the one i have now when i'm complaining that i need a better one you see when we start taking things for granted that's when that happens we don't give thanks we now start to look at it as if it is something that we deserve as if it is something we worked for with our own hands forgetting that that job you have which you are complaining about right now if god were to remove his hands from your life you wouldn't even have one in the first place that the security and protection you have were the lord not to be granting us the watch care of his heavenly angels oh my the amount of evil that would have come to us we will be shocked and surprised where god not to keep our nation in peace some of us have not seen a war before and we take it for granted that that's how things ought to be no brothers and sisters it is of the lord's doing that we are not facing such terrible events it is not how things ought to be it is the power of god that is protecting us when we see water to drink don't take it for granted and think that that's how it ought to be there must always be water there's always been water since i was born there will always be water and then you are giving uh you are not being appreciative of it you are wishing for more 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 i like to learn from the life of job job was a person who didn't take anything god did to him for granted and that was why when in one day he lost all that he had job was able to say the lord give it and the lord take it away blessed be the name of the lord the bible says give thanks in all things job was a righteous man and he gave thanks 
when he lost 10 children. He gave thanks when he lost all his cattle and all his wealth. He gave thanks when he lost all his employees in one day. Why do you think Job gave thanks this way? It is because Job knew and understood that there is nothing that he owned that did not come from God and he didn't take it for granted. Job knew that were God to give him things according to his desert, according to his sins, if God was supposed to treat him the way he deserved based on his sins, he didn't deserve any good thing. As for me, I look at my life and I realize how much sin I have had in my life how much I struggle and then when I look at what God is doing regardless of that I say oh Lord thou art good and if the, if the Lord should take things away from me I will know that I even deserve worse than that all that I have and all that I own and the protection the water to drink the food to eat I know that all these things are tokens of the God of God's love not things that I deserve therefore I am grateful to God I'm not complaining I'm not murmuring why because I remember I review my life and in justice and in fairness I know that if the Lord of heaven were to treat me as I deserve I don't deserve anything good from him there's no reason why he should hear my prayers I have no reason to give to him why he should do the good things that he's doing for me. It is of his love and love only. And I know this. And I'm grateful. And I thank him. Rather than being in a state of unappreciation and ingratitude. If we are in situations where like Job where like Job we lose everything, we should be able to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And presently, even if such things do not happen, we should give gratefulness and gratitude to God. The Bible tells us of a story of ten lepers that Jesus healed. And he told, first of all, when he met them, he told them, go and present yourself before the priest. They had not yet been healed. While they were on their way, they got healed, the ten lepers. The Bible says in the book of Luke 17, verse 15, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. What do we learn from them? Jesus said, are they not ten? Why are they not giving glory to God? Only one. God expects us to give glory to him for the special deliverances that he gives to us. Every time you get sick and get well, give glory to God. And remember, not just with your mouth, give gifts to his cause. That's what we are told. Give gifts to his cause. In the last paragraph of our reading for today, we are told whenever a special deliverance is wrought in our behalf, or new and unexpected favors are granted us, we should acknowledge God's goodness, not only by expressing our gratitude in words, but like Jacob, by gifts and offerings to his cause. As we are continually receiving the blessings of God, so we are to be continually given. Concerning these lepers, I'm reading now from Signs of the Times, July 2. 1896 paragraph 2 
in every age god has poured out his blessings upon men and has healed and restored them as he healed the ten lepers but how often the proportion of those who recognize and appreciate god's mercies is even less than one to ten the nine did not report themselves but went on their way satisfied that they were restored they did not give honor to god and to jesus christ whom he had sent to be their healer the lord works continually to benefit mankind he is continually imparting his bounties he raises up the sick from beds of languishing he delivers men from peril which they did not see he commissions angels to save men from calamity to guard them from the pestilence that walketh in darkness and i want us to take this as personal as i'm reading to guard you to just take it personal i continue the reading to guard them from the pestilence that walketh in darkness and from the destruction that wasted at noonday but their hearts are unimpressed they we do not consider god's blessings as we do not rejoice in his love we center all our thoughts upon ourselves we do not appreciate christ's pitying tenderness and matchless love only a few discern that their blessings are the result of the never failing mercies of god through jesus christ but those who discern this fact make melody in their hearts to god and as did the cleansed leper they offer to him a tribute of praise and thanksgiving there are many who claim that jesus has cleansed them from the leprosy of sin but how few continue to offer a tribute of praise ascribing glory to god the great gift that god has bestowed upon the world in his only begotten son calls for us hearty a response of love and gratitude as that which fell from the lips of the samaritan who returned to give god glory when our human friends bestow upon us gifts and favors we feel an inclination to manifest gratitude and to return gifts and favors to them but how indifferent and careless how unappreciative are the hearts of men of the love of god how little men seem to think of the blessings that are showered upon them by our kind heavenly father the lord asked where is my glory and my praise for the boundless love i have shown to men it is impossible for god to give a greater manifestation of his tender compassion and benevolent love for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life all heaven was comprised in that one gift it is through the merits of the gifts of christ that we we receive all our mercies we may rejoice with heart and soul and voice as we partake of our daily food for it is the gift of god through jesus christ end of quote but above all things we are to be grateful to god for the spiritual blessings which he gives to us like we've just read for deliverance from sin oh our hearts are to flow out with joy and gratefulness towards god for deliverance from sin no other blessing is better than that and this is the blessing that came through jesus christ our lord through the holy spirit also of all gifts given none is greater than that which comes through us through jesus christ and the holy spirit and also through the human agents which the lord uses to communicate these blessings to us this is why the lord says to us in romans 12 verse 1 and 2 in gratefulness here's what you have to do i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your reasonable service 
and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you want to show your gratitude to God? It's not enough to give gifts and money and to say thank you with your lips. The greatest and most acceptable gratitude you can show to God is by giving yourself, your body, your mind and soul to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him. Of what point is it to the Lord for you to give Him so much money and gifts and at the end of the day your heart is not given over to Him? The Lord says, My son, Give me thine heart and let your eyes observe my ways. That's what God wants from us. My son, my daughter, give me your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. All the good things that the Lord is doing for us is so that he can win our hearts. Have you given God your heart? Are you living a holy life? Have you sacrificed your life to God? That is the blessing that the Lord is wanting from you. That is the gratitude. That is the appreciation. And the Lord wants from you to show your appreciation to God. Give him your heart. Keep his commandments. It is not fair that we say, oh, thank you, Lord. And after saying that, we do things that hurt him. It is not fair for us to use our lips to claim that we are saying we are grateful to him and also to give him of our possessions as though we are paying him for what he did to us. Those things will not be acceptable to God if our hearts are not given also to him. How can we hurt him and say thank you at the same time with our lips and then injure him and hurt him with our sins? The gratefulness we need to show to God is with our lives. It makes heaven to weep when we sin against God and then still come to give him gifts and say, oh, thank you. We need to strive to live a holy life. Give our bodies a living sacrifice. How else can we show our gratefulness to God? The Bible tells us about ways we can show gratefulness with gifts. Now, firstly, the Bible talks of first fruits. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, we read, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So what is first fruits? How can we do that today? First fruits is referring to the first produce from the farmer's land. Every year we have the first fruits. So it is with us today. Every year the first fruits of your labor, maybe it could be your first month's salary or your wages that you receive, the first wage that you get, you give it to God and you can make it to be monthly wage. But the Lord is not specifying for us whether it's monthly or not. But every year, for the first return that you get from your labor, give to God. That is first fruits. Also, we have offerings. The Bible is filled with talk about offerings. That David always talks about giving offerings to God. When you look, read the book of Leviticus, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, we see there talking about different kinds of offerings. Offerings of thanks to God. We talk about the meat offering, we talk about the sin offering. When you have been forgiven your sins, you give offerings to God when you know, like we just read now, when you understand that the Lord has delivered you from the leprosy of sin, you have battled with the sin, and then you have gotten the victory. Show your thanks to God by giving offerings. When the Lord has given you special deliverances from sickness, from death, also blessing you abundantly with various things in this life and you know very well that these are good things, 
you give offerings to God. It could be for anything, for um, your birthday. You are not supposed to be receiving offerings. You are supposed to be giving. You are not to be honored. It's not you who are to be honored on your birthday. It is God. You are to be the one giving, not receiving. It is a twist of things for us on our birthdays to receive gifts. Rather, we are to give gifts to God for His protection all through the year. We are to give offerings to God. We are to give offerings to His cause for special purposes. You see that there is an evangelistic effort in God's cause. God has a cause. Do you know that? For everything the Lord has blessed you with, you are to think, what does the Lord also need me to do? The Lord is involved in the business of saving souls and there are areas where these works are done. You give offerings, not tight, offerings for that. Offerings to the course of evangelism going on somewhere. Offerings to the building projects that are being done for a particular purpose that is going to be of benefit to the course of God and uh, various other events. Offerings for the poor and the needy and the orphans. These are ways to show our gratitude to God. Now, another way is a tithe. Now, people do not understand that there is a difference between offering and tithe. And many are sinning against God in this matter. Some give their tithes to the poor. Some give their tithes to other purposes for building and evangelism and the rest. No, that is not the right way to do it. The Bible talks about the tenth, just like Jacob talked about it now, that he was going to give a tenth to the Lord. But we are not seeing God to give it to even the offerings we're talking about and the first fruits. How do we give this? We'll talk about that. But let's see what is the tithe, first of all. In Numbers 18, verse 21, God said, And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance. For their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. That's verse 23 now. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, that among the children of Israel they have no inheritance. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as an heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore I have said unto them, Among the children of Israel they shall have no inheritance. Also in Deuteronomy 10 verse 8 and 9 we read, At that time the Lord separated a tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him, and to bless his name unto this day. Wherefore Levi had no path nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance according as the Lord God thy God promised him. The Lord separated what we call the tithe, that is the tent of people's increase, people who have given themselves over to God. Of course, not the, the whole world doesn't acknowledge God in their lives in the way that it is the God of heaven, that is the one who created in the 60s and rested the seventh day. Others have other gods to themselves and they don't recognize this obligation. But as many as there are who recognize this obligation towards the God of heaven, the God we read of in the Bible, the Lord says to us, we are to reserve a tenth of all our increase, 10% of it. It is not to be used for church building. It is not to be used to give to the poor and the needy. It is not to be used for any other purpose than to support those who are doing the service of God, who are ministering for God. Levi, the tribe of Levi, was separated. God said, they are doing service for me. They are ministering, doing things in my course. The tent is to be used to sustain them. 
And even when we read the book of Numbers 18 verse 28 and 29, you see that even the Levites were told that they, whenever they receive, are to also give a tenth to the house of Aaron. So even they had a way to give the tithe. Now, in the book of Malachi chapter 3 uh, verse 8 to 10, we see God talking about giving the tithe. It says there, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offering is the answer. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. A blessing and a curse is attached to this matter of tithes and offerings, not just tithes, it says here in tithes and offerings. God sees it as robbery when we don't return our tithes and offerings. But how is this to be done? Where is the storehouse referred to? Reading from Manuscript Releases, Volume 21, page 266, paragraph 4, it says, The Lord has not specified any regular channel through which the means or the tithes is to pass. And anywhere anyone is doing the work of God, that is what the Lord is saying. Because this was the Old Testament. Now, how are we to do it today? Some three years ago, four years ago, this issue of tithe became a serious discussion among many Christians. And many felt they didn't need to return tithe. Many feel that it is unnecessary. But that is not true. Hear what the Bible teaches concerning the tithe. Even Jesus himself. In the book of Matthew 23, 23, Jesus said to the Pharisees, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law judgment mercy and faith now listen to the conclusion jesus made he said these ought you to have done what is the these that is the returning of the tithes these ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone what is the other now the showing of mercy and judgment and faith so God did not condemn them for returning tithe and he even said you ought to do it. In the New English translation he says you should have done these things. That is the giving of the tithe and offerings. You should have done these things without neglecting the others. In the Bible in basic English it says these you should practice without neglecting the others. Brothers and sisters it is not biblical to claim that the the obligation to return tithes and offerings has been done away with our lord jesus from his own lips said this is an obligation that we should practice we should do these things and don't leave the other things undone we give to god by giving to those who are doing the work of god because here we're saying oh give to god give to god but we don't see god to give to him so how do we give to god clearly from the principle we see in the book of leviticus 18 the people who are doing service for god ministering to god are those who are to be given the tithe the offerings separate to be used for other purposes but the tithe is strictly to sustain those who are doing the work of god so that they can find something to eat to take care of their families and to also give to others who are in need because they are not only to be receiving and be beggars but to also give to others paul speaking of this said in the book of 1 corinthians chapter 9 first corinthians chapter 9 reading from verse 7 to 14 he says who goes for a warfare anytime at his own charges who planted a vineyard and eateth not of the fruits thereof 
or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the Lord the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen, or saith it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt. This is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of this hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so, hear this conclusion now. This is 1 Corinthians 9 verse 14. Even so had the Lord ordained, the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Amen. Those who, it's not those who are parading themselves as just saying I'm doing something. Those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel is what Paul said here. Paul was not working for any denominational church. In fact, that was what he was talking about here. Just because I'm not under the payroll of any denominational church and you are returning your tithes to people who you know under the payroll, do you not know that I am also supposed to be doing this? Receiving these blessings? Is it because I am not requiring it? That's what Paul was saying. He he was not the type to ask, oh, give me the tithe and all of that. But he didn't, doesn't mean he didn't recognize that he was supposed to be a partaker of that blessing. That he was supposed to be reaping the so-called carnal things from those who he was blessing with spiritual things. Paul was a person who was doing ministerial labor, not under any church or anybody, just by himself going from place to place. Some of the brethren did not even recognize him as being of God. They rejected him. They were skeptical about him. But he still knew that it doesn't matter whether they are skeptical about him. It doesn't matter whether they ordain him or whether they recognize him. It doesn't matter whether they are afraid of him. He knew that he was doing God's work. And as someone who was ministering in God's work, him and Barnabas, it was right for them to receive, to be sustained by the tithe. That they who are doing things in the work of God are to live by the things coming out from that same work. In 1 Timothy 5, he also wrote verse 17 and 18, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. So there are different kinds of labor. There are some who rule well, like we see pastors and the rest. But he is saying here, especially those who labor in word and doctrine, that is preachers of the gospel. It says again, For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treaded the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Reading in manuscript releases, volume 7, page 136, paragraph 1, concerning what the tithe is to be used for, it says, One reasons that the tithe may be appropriated to school purposes. Still others would reason that canvassers and corporatures should be supported from the tithe. But a great mistake is made when the tithe is done from the object for which it is to be used. And what is that object? The support of the ministers. There should today be in the field 100 well-qualified laborers where now there is but one. 
God cannot look upon the present condition of things with approval but with condemnation. His treasury is deprived of the means that should be used for the support of the gospel ministry in fields nigh and afar off. Those who proclaim the message of truth, take note, because today we have people who are parading themselves as ministers but they are not. Those who proclaim the message of truth before great congregations and who do house-to-house work as well are doing double missionary work and in no case are their salaries to be cut down. Light has plainly has been plainly given that those who minister in our schools teaching the word of God, explaining the scriptures, educating people, educating the students in the things of God should be supported by the tight money. This instruction was given long ago and more recently it has been repeated again and again. End of quote. I would say, nevertheless, it is not required that those who do the Lord's work should go around demanding that people give them money because they have the right to do so. No. Just like Paul, we have an example there. It is in the hands of the people to decide who they give to and where their gratitude is displayed. It all depends on the people. As far as they are not withholding it, as far as they are giving it to wherever or whoever is ministering to them. If they have been blessed, then they will show their gratitude as the Lord lays it upon their heart. We are to follow Paul's examples. Ministers are to follow Paul's example. He didn't charge anyone for his services, but labored with his hands. He took care of himself, even when he was not receiving anything from the people. He received only that which people gave to him out of cheerfulness and not out of compulsion and claiming his rights. He was not compelling people, I'm working for you, give me your tithe. No. He walked with his own hands and those who felt grateful for what he was doing and who realized the obligation upon them were returning their tithes to him or offerings to him, he received it. He received it. But not going around always demanding it from people. No. That is, I would say, a practice that can irritate and be quite detestable. It reminds me of the time when the US was becoming a nation and they wanted to make the USA compulsory Christian nation. There was this man there who understood the liberty of conscience, his name was Roger Williams, and he saw this as a detestable practice where you are forcing people who do not believe in what you believe to return tithes to you. They have not necessarily received any blessing, they don't recognize themselves as blessed by any minister, but yet they were being told to return offerings and tithes compulsorily by law. Reading from Great Controversy, page 294, paragraph 1, it says, Attendance at the services of the established church was required under a penalty of fine or imprisonment. Williams reprobated the law. The worst statute in the English code was that which did enforce attendance upon the parish church. To compel men to unite with those of a different creed, he regarded as an open violation of their natural rights. To drag to public worship the irreligious and the unwilling seemed only like requiring hypocrisy. No, He said, no one should be bound to worship, or he added, to maintain worship, that is to give money to, for the worship, against his own consent. What? exclaimed one of his antagonists, amazed at his tenets. Is not the laborer worthy of his hire? Then Roger Williams replied, yes, but only from them that hire him. End of quote. Which means, what Roger Williams was saying here is really true. Only those who appreciate your labors are the ones who are going to give. It's not that you say everybody must give. Reading from Spalding and Megan, page 176, paragraph 7, the spirit of prophecy says the people to whom God has given the means, that is the money, are amenable to him alone. That is, they are answering to God alone. 
it is their privilege to give direct aid and assistance to missions. It is because of the misappropriation of means that some uh, the southern field has no better showing than it is today. And she also said, like we read before, manuscript releases for volume 21, page 266, paragraph 4. The Lord has not specified any regular channel through which means should pass. Because we are wondering where are we to give our offerings, our tithes. The Lord hasn't specified any regular channel. We can be very narrow-minded and say, oh, the storehouse is my church, the, my, the, 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 my own church headquarters. That's very narrow-minded. There are many people who are doing God's work all over the world to say, oh, just my church. Everybody has their church, denominational. But I tell you the truth. There is a place where you can give to God when you know that, okay, God walked through this means to bless me. That's it. That's it. And sometimes we are misappropriating the funds and giving to the wrong places which becomes an abuse of the tithe. We read in Conflict and Courage today, page 65, paragraph 3, paragraph 4. It says, We should acknowledge God's goodness not only by expressing our gratitude in words, but like Jacob, by gifts and offerings to his cause, not to another cause. It is not everyone who is in God's cause. And in your denomination also, it is not everyone who is doing God's cause. As we are continually receiving the blessings of God, so we are to be continually giving. It is not all who are Israel that are Israel. Beware who you are giving your tithe to. Ensure that it is going into God's course. In Testimonies, Volume 1, page 261, paragraph 3, it says, There are fearful woes for those who preach the truth but are not sanctified by it. Remember that Paul said that those who preach the truth are to be sustained by the things that come from the gospel. He said that God ordained that. But does that mean that is everybody who is going around preaching so-called truth? You ought to know what the truth is so that you make sure that the funds are going to where the truth is. And that's why it says here, there are fearful woes for those who are parading themselves as preaching the truth but are not sanctified by it, but not them. And take note, listen, there are also fearful woes for also those who consent to receive and maintain support the unsanctified to minister to them in word and doctrine. I am alarmed for the people of God who profess to believe solemn important truth, for I know that many of them are not sanctified, are not converted, nor sanctified through it. All who preach the truth will not themselves be saved by it, said the angel, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. End of quote. I know this sounds really startling to the ear, but I leave it with you to wrestle with with God. Again, in early writings, page 50, it says, The suffering Jesus, his love so deep as to lead him to give his life for man was again held up before me. Also the lives of those who professed to be his followers who had the world's goods but considered it so great a thing to help the cause of salvation. The angel said, Can such enter heaven? Another angel answered, No, never, never, never. Those who are not interested in the cause of God on earth can never sing the song of, of redeeming love above. I saw that the quick work that God was doing on earth would soon be cut short in righteousness and that the messengers must speed swiftly on their way to search out the scattered flock. An angel said, Are all messengers? Another answered, No, no, God's messengers have a message. 
I saw that the cause of God has been hindered and dishonored by some traveling who had no message from God. Such will have to give an account to, for, to God for every dollar they have used in traveling where it was not their duty to go because that money might have helped the cause of God and for the lack of the spiritual food that might have been given them by God's called and chosen messengers had they had the means souls have starved and died end of quote wow that means it is not everyone who is a messenger of the lord well it is left for us when we want to show our gratitude to god in tithes especially in tithes to single out the messengers of god those who are really ministering in the things of god where the course of god is going on especially in these last days who are those preaching the present truth the work the word the, the word that god wants to be preached today and then it is our duty to give our support to such thing, to such areas so that the course of god will move forward as we just read now when the money is going to the wrong place it says that those who are even receiving it will have to give an account for it and then those who even maintain people who you know are not even preaching the word of god that it says there are fearful woes for them this is the word of the lord i know that it may sound startling to many ears but pray to God to allow the Holy Spirit to help you understand these things that you may deal with it properly. There are many churches around us who are really, uh, some claim to be giving the truth, others, all of them claim to be giving the truth. May the Lord lead you to know how to go about this and return your tithe where you know that the Lord, God's work is being done, especially among those who are keeping the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. I do not want to say I'll mention any name of any church or anything. It will be narrow-minded for me, but just know you are, don't, do not withhold. And especially, like, like we read, when you know the Lord has blessed you, especially the instruments that has been used, then in that particular place, the Lord will bless you as you return to him that which belongs to him to support the ministers who are working for you. Some churches have it as a, an organized thing. You return it to the church and the church themselves know how to disburse it among their ministers and you support that. And for others, you give it directly to the ministers. There's nothing wrong. The Lord doesn't, doesn't uh, curse anybody for that. As long as it is being returned, the Lord will bless you. As you give to the Lord, he will continually bless you as you continually give let us pray our father in heaven today we remember that you have been good to us thank you for the special blessings that you give to us all of them are special the water we drink the air we breathe the food we eat we thank you lord for the special deliverances which you give to us that we don't even see protection and guidance from harms and danger it is of your mercies that we are not consumed for deliverance from sin for protection for healing us of our diseases Lord, we thank you for these things. Lord, forgive us for not being grateful as we should. Forgive us, Lord, for demanding so much and giving little thanks to you, for murmuring and complaining for the blessings as if they were nothing. Please, Father, forgive us. We pray, Lord, that all we have heard today, you will help us to properly assimilate it. Forgive us for our unfaithfulness in not returning our tithes and our offerings, for robbing you, Lord, please forgive us. The blessings you have pronounced on those who will do this, we pray, Father, that you continue to also bestow upon us as we also show our gratitude to you by doing what we're supposed to do in supporting your cause in giving the tithes and offerings. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.